Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Catherine and Gideon, thank you so much for having me down again. And um, it's always one of my favourite trips coming to see you. And uh, I was sharing how I've had to say no to a lot of people this year. And, um, and Catherine, you said, well, thanks for saying yes to us. And, and I just thought, well, thanks for inviting me. I mean, it's literally always one of my favourite trips coming down because I get to hang out with you guys. And it's just much better than a phone call, being able to hang out in the flesh. And it's just, just awesome. And, um, and I get to also hang out with you guys, which this group of people sitting in front of me right now is one of the most marvelous groups of people. And this city is one of the most fascinating cities to me. I got the Lime Scooter, which we don't have in Whangarei, by the way. I got the Lime Scooter, and I just, I just rode the Lime Scooter around yesterday through the um, Indian Festival and around all the streets of, of, um, of Christchurch. And it was just fascinating to see um, a city of reformation to see the reformation of a city. This is one of the most amazing things I think that's ever happened on the planet. I mean, one of the greatest tragedies, but every time there's ashes, you just got to wait and there'll be beauty. Every time there's ashes, God, the promises, God gives beauty for ashes. And this city is a living example of there was ashes, but now there's beauty. It's, it's amazing. And you're part of that. So I just count it an honor to be here and to be part of um, a small part of what God's doing here with you and to be able to kind of link our strength with yours and to be able to receive your strength to us and to partner together for something in our nation and from our nation. And so it's a, it's a huge honor. Um, I've got something on my heart that I, that I do want to share this morning that I felt to share. But before I do, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just, I'm asking you to to impart something into every person in this room, including me this morning. God, I declare that people uh, would leave this room different to how they walked in. Holy Spirit, having had a, a dramatic encounter with you that shifts something on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, we just give you space right now. We ask you to come and this not just another church service, God, but an experience with you that changes us this morning. An experience with you that changes us this morning. And so we just look to you right now because you are there to be seen. And when we look at you, we see you. And we just take a moment to acknowledge your presence, not just in the back corner of the room somewhere, but filling the whole room. You are around every person right now in this room. And we just make space to acknowledge your presence right now. I thank you that amazing things are about to happen this morning and amazing things have already happened. So we just bless you right now, Lord. Thank you, God. Wow. Amen. 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 Well, I've got something I want to share, and then we're going to uh, pray for some people. And we're going to do all of that in a short amount of time. But uh, you, were, um, you were reading, Marcus, from um, Isaiah 19, and you said um, that uh, Revelation, you were reading from Isaiah, you were reading from Revelation. Man, 
Isaiah scripture. I almost want to change my whole message and preach out of that now. That is such a good passage. And, um, but so is Revelation 19. And it's, you started with, then I saw heaven opened. And that's how John writes it. Then I saw heaven opened. And, and to me, I heard the rest of it, but it was, it was at a less volume to the first part that you read. And then I saw heaven opened. And I felt the Lord say this. That's what you're going to say. You're about, that, that's, 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 a quite, that's a quote from you in the future, spoken now. You, you will be known as ones who say that. You say, then I saw heaven opened. And I believe that Christchurch will say, well, then we saw heaven opened. And I believe New Zealand will say, well, then we saw heaven open. This happened and this happened and this happened. And we went through this and we, and we went through this journey. And there was an earthquake and there was a shooting in a mosque. And there was all these things that happened. And we went through this crazy thing. But then we saw heaven opened. Then we saw heaven opened. Everything changed when we saw heaven opened. And up in Whangarei, we're going to be saying the same thing. Whoa. And then, guys, we saw heaven opened. And people are going to write stories about it. They're going to write stories about this thing that happened in New Zealand. that spread over the whole planet. And it happened in a moment when, and then they saw heaven opened. And then they saw heaven opened. Something's going to unlock something that opens heaven. Now, heaven's open, but heaven's opening. Heaven's not shut. But sometimes in our minds, heaven is shut. Sometimes in our hearts, heaven is shut. That doesn't mean heaven's shut. It means that sometimes our partnership is with something that is not true and something shifts on the inside of us to partner with what has actually always been true and then we experience the truth that there has always been. Um, It's awesome meeting you, Karen. Karen, right? It's awesome meeting Karen. And Karen was sharing with me. Now, Vicky, when was the Sozo event? Beginning of the year. We're sharing that at the beginning of the year, you were here. Do you mind if I share this? At the beginning of the year, you were here, and it was one of your first times here, right? It was at the beginning of your journey with the Lord. Okay. Yes. Of course, you came in November, and then soon after that, you decided, man, I've got to learn some stuff because I don't know anything about Jesus. But I'm, but I'm on a journey, and I'm committed to running this journey. And so which is a great heart attitude, by the way. And um, that's the hallmark of a disciple, one that learns. And you decided to go to the Sozo training. At the Sozo training, Marcus, you're featuring quite a lot in these kind of stories. And, um, and um, my, I mean, I have all, I'm always going to see you more as your name is Mozart more than Marcus, but, um, but for the sake of everyone else, so they know who I'm talking about, Marcus. Because I prophesied over you three years ago that there was a Mozart anointing on you. And then they told me that you did music. And now it's obvious. And, um, and so um, you were leading worship. And Karen, what you saw is you saw, uh, um, I don't know how you saw it with your open eyes or in a vision, but you saw this key and coming from the, from the back. And, in the, and you didn't know anything about Bethel as a church. I mean, I'm... I'm from Bethel, but you didn't know that, and you didn't know you didn't know me, you didn't know Bethel. But inside the the front of the 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 thing that hangs out the front of the key, you know, the locking bit of the key, that had the name was the name Bethel, and you were wondering like, what's up with that? And then it turned, and heaven opened. You saw an opening of heaven. Now that's amazing. That's super encouraging to me, but that's super encouraging to you too. That's amazing. Now, when I came here on this trip, the only thing I was thinking about was 
um, the context of everything I'm saying for the conference and for today, the, the thing that kind of encompasses the whole message is this. It's the key of David. It's Isaiah 22, 22. That's the one thing that God's been like, okay, preach this message, but in the context of this. Talk about this, but in the context of this. Do this, but in the context of this. Release this in the context of this. It's all in the context for me of it's the key of David. And, and I've, been, I've been thinking about it. I've been dreaming about it. I've been preaching on it for, the, for all of yesterday. I'll be preaching on it all of today. It's the one thing that's on my heart is this key of David. And then you share that. And then I hear this Revelation 19. And I think that there's something going on. There's a theme in the Spirit right now where God is doing something to unlock something to open the heavens over this place. And you are called to be a walking, living, open heaven. And there is something about a worship movement that is being birthed out of this place and out of this land that is going to end up as a missions movement. That's going to end up as a missions movement. And so I want to encourage you, and I said this yesterday for those of you who are here, but you might not be a, 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 an instrumentalist, but you're part of a worship team. In fact, your first ministry is to be part of the worship team. You are a worshiper, part of a worship community, and, you are, and your ministry is to worship first and foremost. You are part of the worship team, and God is unlocking something. And I honestly see, I honestly see you guys as a church going from glory to glory in this. And I see you going into, not out of striving, not out because you have to, not because you're like, oh gosh, I've got, to, I've got to prove myself to the Lord so I get something more from Him. But I just see you being overwhelmed with the beauty of God. And, 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 and the outworking of that looking like we've just spent two days in worship and it felt like an hour. We've just spent 48 hours in worship without sleep and it just felt like an hour. And, and not just you, but your children. Your little three-year-olds and little four-year-olds just worshiping Jesus. I was so blessed. I came home from Myanmar um, less than a week ago. And we left, uh, my wife and I went, but we left our three kids with, um, with their grandparents. And they had a, uh, they had, they were doing some stuff in Tauranga um, while we were away at a children's camp. And when we got home, that all they wanted to do was sing worship songs to Jesus and teach us all the new songs that they learned. And I was like, man, this is awesome. This is so good. There's, there's something that's catching. There's something that's happening. There's something that's taking place. Something has been unlocked. And we haven't seen it fully unlocked yet, but it's beginning to be unlocked. The keys started to turn. And, and, and as the key turns, the heavens open. Not that they're not open, but something in us opens to partner with what is already open. That's a big deal. So I want to speak into that this morning and then pray. Um, if you need a miracle here this morning, if you need a healing, it, um, I just want to let you know you, can be, you have permission to be healed at any point. Um, you don't need to wait till we pray for the sick whether we do that or not, but you can just be healed at any point and that would be quite normal for that to happen. Um, if you're here and you're like, I'm so hungry to just receive more from the Lord, you don't need to wait till the ministry time, you can just start receiving now. If you're like, oh, I need a prophetic word, well, maybe there'll be a chance to prophesy later, but maybe not. But in the meantime, you can just hear from the Lord as, as the rest of this meeting is going on. Freedom to receive right now. Amen. Um, so I, I want to share something. I, I want to talk about living under the shadow of God. And my friend had a dream um, about, uh, well, about actually 
exactly two weeks ago. My friend had a dream. And they told me this dream. And, and it really kind of awoken. It, it spoke to my spirit. And I feel like uh, he said, this is a dream for the Myanmar church. But I felt like this is more than just a dream for the Myanmar church. This is a dream for the church. And in the dream, and you know dreams. So I'm just going to preface this dream by saying dreams are sometimes weird. Can we all acknowledge that? Okay, so sometimes dream language is more symbolic than um, literal. Amen. Okay, so are you ready to hear a dream? Okay, cool. So my friend had this dream and, and um, this is my, he's a spiritual son of mine from Berlin, Germany. And he said to me, um, I had this crazy dream, man. And he's a engineer, so quite um, literal, you know. And, and he said to me, uh, he said, I had this crazy dream. And in the dream, there was this group of people and they were carrying a mattress, like a bed mattress. And they were carrying this mattress over their shoulders and they were uh, walking from a stream to a lake carrying this mattress. And then I woke up. And then my other friend said, that's crazy. I had a vision this morning that there were four people by a stream walking towards a destination up in a mountain somewhere and they were carrying the ark. And so two things that really mean the same thing. And I started um, leaning into that and asking the Holy Spirit and He said, yeah, the church is moving from a, a, from a stream to a lake. They're moving from where they are to where I've called them to be. They're moving from um, from a, a little uh, from an influence that's slightly removed from the central place of influence in the places that they are positioned into the central place, into the life source, into the place that the water comes from, into the central place, into the watering hole of their of their respective nations. They're moving into the center of influence, and they're, and they're, but they're bringing something with them. And the whole point of me taking them there and leading them there is that they bring with them what's on their shoulders to bring. Because unless they bring with them what is on their shoulders to bring, there's no point in them going. The whole point of them going to the lake, to the watering hole of Christchurch, of New Zealand, of Myanmar, of wherever it is that this church is, and you guys are the church I'm speaking to right now, so I'm talking about you and Christchurch. The whole reason for going is that this ark or this mattress comes to the watering hole and, and, and heals the water in the watering hole so that it flows through all the streams and cleans everything up and brings restoration to the earth. What is, what is the mattress? I thought that's such interesting dream language, a mattress. And I started to think and God started to share with me. He said, you know, my people are my resting place. I'm looking for a resting place. I'm looking for a place to rest. I'm looking, for a pla I'm looking for a people to lay down on. I'm looking for a people to actually rest upon, to be over, to rest over the top of, to be enthroned over. I'm looking for a group of people who will carry me in rest, who will live naturally supernatural, some people would call it, who will, who will choose to pick up this mattress of rest, who will become the resting place of God. And I just want to share this to you. I believe that God is bringing you into the space of becoming the resting place of God. The interesting thing about being the resting place of God, it's not one person carrying the mattress. And it's impossible for one person to carry the mattress. But the more people that step up and take their corner of the mattress, the bigger the mattress gets and the bigger the resting place of God gets. And as you're moving towards this lake, as you're moving towards this destiny, as you're moving towards this place of influence that God has called you to have, 
there are more people that are saying, I'll help carry the mattress. I'll help carry the mattress. Man, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to go after this. I'm one of these guys. I'm going to join this community. And as each person comes and takes their corner or their side of the mattress, the mattress piece by piece gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's a mattress that will cover a whole lake. It's a mattress that will cover a whole space, a whole geographical location, so that that geographical location becomes the literal resting place for God on the earth. It's the same language, it's open heaven. And you guys are called to carry the mattress of God. I, lo- I love that story in um, Acts chapter 5. Uh, and it's the story of Peter. And it's the story of Peter's shadow. And I love that story. And I, I just, I don't know if you've read that story lately or if you just read it and read past it because you've heard it a thousand times and you heard it in, in uh, Sunday school when you're a kid and you heard your parents talking about it and then you heard it again. And, you, you know, it becomes a really familiar story, but it's actually an absolutely fascinating story that Peter gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, becomes a resting place for God. The Holy Spirit is on him. And it's so dramatic. The transformation in his life is so dramatic that literally people from all over the known world are bringing the sick and lining the streets with the sick and demonized just so maybe Peter might walk. As he, it doesn't say why he's walking down the road. You can kind of just read between the lines. Maybe he's walking down intentionally so that his shadow would cast over people. Maybe he's just going down the road to get a cup of coffee. It doesn't say what reason he's walking down the road for, but they're like, Peter walks these streets. And if we can just position ourselves or our family members who need a breakthrough on the side of the road that just maybe Peter's shadow might pass over them. Everyone who's Peter's Peter's shadow passes over, everyone that even gets in the same kind of general area that Peter is, experiences God and is made whole. And, And it says every single person, everyone was healed. I don't know what that does for you. For me, this is what it does. I think, okay, okay, right. Well, something began 2,000 years ago and Jesus said, even greater works than these you shall do because I go to the Father. And He passed that mantle, that impartation. He passed that inheritance onto 12 people, onto 120 people. They passed it onto 3,000 people. And this inheritance has grown and grown and grown. And the thing about an inheritance is when it's passed on to another generation, it doesn't get less, it gets more. The thing about an inheritance is it's not meant to shrink, it's meant to increase. And so how far down the road are we now? We're like... 2,000 years down the road. We've passed through a few generations. If that's how it began, then what is, what is available to us now? If that's how it began, what does it look like today? Imagine, I mean, imagine just for example, when Christchurch, when? All it takes is for someone to believe this. My goal is to be one of the first people to begin to believe this. And I'm not even saying I'm there yet because it's not happening in my city yet. But I want this to start happening where places like Whangarei and places like Christchurch become places where people from all over the world, now that we have airlines, people from all over the world are flying the second and lining the streets because they've heard Christchurch used to be a place known for terrorist attacks and earthquakes, but now it's known as a place where it's a resting place for God. And if you just fly in there, if you just get, it doesn't matter how you get there, but you just need to get there and you don't even need to book a hotel. 
You don't need to try and find a place to stay. Just, just get on the side of the road. Just camp on the side of the road. Just get somewhere because there's some people there and you just need to get around their shadow. If you just get around their shadow, they actually carry an open heaven. What's an open heaven? You don't even need to know what an open heaven is. Just go there because you'll find out. You'll experience it. It's not something you need to know about up here. It's something that you will experience when you get there. Just trust me. Just go there. And maybe the pharmaceutical companies and the, you know, the, the uh, chemotherapy companies and the, all the companies that deal with all the diseases, they're like freaking out because shivers, we're about to lose our business to these guys who are like just healing the sick for free. And it's not just about healing the sick. It's about, man, I've got, we're having a really hard time with our marriage. Cool. God heals everything. Just as a married couple or as a family, just go stand on the side of the road just so the shadow might pass over you. I mean, maybe you still need to do some counselling. Maybe you still need to go through some stuff and go through some process. But the breakthrough that you need that you can't acquire on your own strength is there just in their shadows. I was in, um, uh, I'm going to tell, uh, because I just got back from Myanmar, forgive me. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm way, putting way more weight on the Myanmar stories, but you just got to understand, it's less than a week since I got back. So I'm just, they're just fresh. Um, and many things, the same things are happening in New Zealand. They don't just happen overseas. So just forget that lie. But I was in Myanmar and this was actually in, on the May trip. I went twice this year and I was over there in May and we're in a city called Kukai, which is on the Chinese border. It's in the middle of the Shan state. It's an active war zone. And they were, um, uh, they told me at the conference, they said, you know, that wall right there, which is just about where you are, Rick, just about that far away. They said, yep, about uh, less than a year ago, that was, that was blown up completely by missiles that came from just over there. And they pointed to this hill just over there. And they said, yeah, and because that's an army base right there. And, they, and we all had, this was the last time we did the conference, we all had to run for our lives and we had to cancel the conference. And I said, oh, um, how is it now? <laughs> And they said, oh, yeah, no, we haven't had anything for a little while. And I said, but are they still, like, over there? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're still over there. You can sometimes hear that if the wind's blown the right way, you can hear the guns firing and stuff. And I thought, so are we safe? <laughs> they said, they kind of laughed and said, yeah, Jesus is good. You know, and I, uh, cool. All right, I'll take your word for it. And then, uh, so on this last trip, um, when I went, when I was in Yangon, they said, yeah, we were in Kukai has now become a combat zone and they've had to evacuate the whole city. So it's just, this is the kind of place it is, just an intense kind of, if you can imagine that environment, this has been going on for 60 plus years and um, no one that lives there, peace is a foreign concept to them. They've never experienced what that's like. So what you take for granted, they've never experienced. And, um, and that's kind of a humbling kind of thought. But I was there in this kind of environment thinking, man, God, you just, I, I just long for you to move so strong with these people. And I long for them when they get around my shadow. I want them to experience what people experience when they're around Peter's shadow. And it was so fun to just see God move. And just, especially, I mean, one of my, one of my, uh, my most vivid memories was amongst the children. There's about 50 kids at this conference. And we're just, praying for them and all these kids are just going into full-blown trances with God like just having these crazy Jesus encounters one of the kids was six years old she'd never been to church but they heard about all the miracles that were happening so the conference went from 200 to 600 in two days because people were just hearing all the stories people were running and it's to a place where kind of it was taboo you're not really meant to go there because if you go there you get kind of 
labeled as one of those guys and those guys are kind of the rejected guys so it wasn't kind of cool to go to the conference but people were so hungry to experience God and one of these six-year-old girls she had this problem where her eyeballs were actually too big for her eye sockets I don't know if any of you have ever seen that before I'd never seen it before to the point where she had no white left in her eyes her eyeball was so big that the colorful part took up the whole eye socket so you can imagine the kind of um, issues that come from that kind of problem. I'd never it had a. They told me the big long name, and I had never heard of it before. Anyway, we prayed, and as we prayed, the power of God just went, and her eyeballs instantly just went right in front of just, and her family's all watching, and just, oh my gosh, and she's like, like just freaking out. Just, I mean, that is just, that's fun. That's fun. I was there, like I said, less than a week ago. And exactly two weeks ago, I preached this message to the church over there. And as I was preaching this message, um, I had a team with me. And I love traveling with a team. And uh, you guys, you guys got to come on my team. And um, well, I've got to come on your team or something. We've got to do a team thing. And, um, and I preached this message, this exact message that I'm talking about. And we, at the end of the message... Um, I said, well, we're going to quickly, very quickly just pray for the sick. And I had a guy on my team and God told me, you need to invite him. He's the only guy that God said, you need to invite him. Now he, he got born, he got kind of recommitted to Jesus probably about two, two months ago, which was after I invited him on the trip. And, um, and he only just started coming to our church, but I just knew that God was going to do something with him on this trip. And he had never, I didn't know this actually, but he had never, ever prayed for anyone. 16 years old. And um, so I just said to the whole team, get ready to prophesy, heal the sick, have words of knowledge, pray for people. And he's like, bro, how do I pray for people? How do you pray for people? He's like, has no idea. And so on the, and I had no idea that he had no idea. So I'm just treating him like everyone else. And so we get to the end and I'm like, just go out and pray for people. And he runs up to this person at the back. And this person at the back is a, a doesn't know Jesus She's got a back brace on. She's had it for five years and she literally cannot move without the back brace on. She, um, he prays for it. Nothing happens. That's cool because everything in the kingdom starts as a seed. You've got to steward something. So he prays again. Second time, she freaks out, rips the brace off and starts doing all these crazy bends like an aerobics instructor. And she's completely healed. And she's like crying and he's like, whoa, whoa, that must be how you pray for people. And he's free. And now, you know, straight after that, we went on a train and half an hour, he led five people to the Lord and all of them had got healed and they're bawling their eyes out on the train, just in the public train through a translator in a language that he doesn't even speak. He led five people to the Lord. And just like, this is just, I, I mean, that's just so cool. But um, this lady, uh, I, I said, if you want to receive Jesus, and we're going to actually, I'm going to ask that in this meeting, if you want to receive, I'm going to ask the same question. But if you want to receive Jesus and you're in this room, just, just lift your hand up. And she was one of the ones that lifted her hand up. As she lifted her hand up, the power of God just came on her and the love of God came over. She started to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and she started to weep and cry and she started to, and good happy tears, and she started to laugh, and she started to feel like the life of God come on the inside of her. And without anyone asking, she just comes straight up the front. And as she came up the front, now she had been involved in some stuff that had caused her to be kind of influenced by some demonic spirits, some evil spirits, and she started getting delivered up the front. In the space of 10, 15 minutes, 
She had been healed physically. She had been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and delivered of demons because someone's carrying a resting place. Because someone's carrying the presence. Because someone's carrying a yes in their spirit that says, God, I will be your resting place. When it's inconvenient for me, I will be your resting place. When life gets really, really busy, I will protect the resting place. I will carry the mattress. When things distract me and things, there's an exciting thing over here or there's an important thing over here or a bill to be paid over there or these things that need to be paid attention to, all these other things, God, I will not let go of my corner of the mattress. What does it look like to hold on to your corner of the mattress? It looks like you waking up when you need to wake up to make space to be in the face to make space to have your own worship space, your own time before the Lord. What does it look like for you as a church to turn the key of David to walk in an open heaven? This is what it looks like. It looks like each person playing their part, each person turning their turn, each person being the person that they've been called to be, each person being holding their little portion of the mattress because it takes a whole community to carry what we've been called to carry. You know, Gideon and Catherine and Karen and Marcus and Saskia and the, and the different, you know, Josh and the different leaders here. And there's a whole bunch of you who, you know, you look to and you go, man, these guys are carrying the mattress. You know, they can't do it on their own. Even, even with the fact that they're such an amazing team, they can't do it on their own. They need the whole church, the whole community. And the more people that carry their portion of the mattress, the bigger the mattress gets. <clears throat> Holy Spirit. I remember learning a lesson from the Lord. And this lesson actually changed my life. And um, it's a lesson of not letting go of the mattress. And I thought I should share my lesson with you, if you want to hear it. It's a pretty cool lesson. We're in this time where, um, and actually, uh, um, is, is Gerhard here? He's out the back. Oh, well, Gerhard, and it's so good to see you, Rebecca. Um, Gerhard and Rebecca, some of you might know these guys, but Gerhard's out the back. But Gerhard, it was me, Andy, and Gerhard for many years. And you have Gerhard in your church now. It was, me, it was us three. that we, we were just pursuing the Lord together for years. He was part of the team. He was part, Gerhard was part of the beginning of Bethel Church, just so you know, and he's here right now. This is, the, these guys are awesome. They're some of my favorite people in the world, and I don't see them anywhere near enough. God, that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. It was such an honor to lead your husband to Christ and to see the way that God has moved in his life and your life. And just amazing. Thank you, Jesus. But I was uh, with Gerhard and we were, we were pursuing the Lord and we started to see a whole bunch of crazy miracles. This was around the time when he got born again at work and then he would come on the treasure hunts and we would just see crazy miracles happen. And one day, um, our pastor, Don McDonnell, he said, he said, okay, bring the sick up the front and then Matt, you just go pray for them and, and heal them. Get it, you know, sort it out. And I was like, cool, you know, and I, at that stage, I wasn't normally given the microphone. So I was like, I maybe get given the microphone once a year. And so this was awesome. I was like, yeah, cool. And I didn't actually get the microphone, but I got a, an opportunity in the church to minister. That, I was really excited about that. So I started praying and I was full of faith because we we're seeing so many miracles happening at the time that I had no doubt that people were just going to get healed. And I'm going down one person, healed next person healed next person healed next person healed and I'm like excited but also not surprised but just excited encouraged and of course this is going to happen because this is what happens when God touches people of course they get healed and so and then I get to this one person and this is what they do and just bless them you know 
They, they said, oh, oh, stop, stop. I just need to tell you something before you pray for me. I said, oh, okay. Well, what do you need to tell me? And they said, well, just before you pray, I just need you to know that um, I, I've actually only come up here out of obedience to the voice of the Lord. But I need to let you know so you're not disappointed that I know I'm not going to get healed. And, um, and I've been prayed for many, many times for many years, and I never get healed, and I'm not going to get healed today. And I have no expectation, and I'm only here out of obedience, but I just wanted to let you know before you prayed so that you're not disappointed after you pray when I'm the only one that doesn't get healed. And I was like, well, thanks. Wow, I feel amazing now. I felt like all my faith just go, just dribble out of my side onto the floor. And I felt the feeling of I have all of a sudden instantly got no faith, like instant no faith, just. And I said, this is my prayer. Lord, just bless them. Amen. And then the next person, now the thing is, it didn't change the next person. Even though they didn't, the next person didn't stop me. The next person I prayed for, well, just bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. And the rest of the line, just bless them, bless them. And no one else got healed. No one else got healed. From that person on, no one else got healed. And they didn't get healed either. And I was like, huh. What happened? And I went back home and I said, God, what happened there? And this is what God said to me. He said, Matt, I've only designed you to stand under one cloud. But you let go of that cloud. And in today's language, this morning's language, you let go of your corner of the mattress. You dropped the mattress. And you, came, you were distracted by someone else's cloud. You were distracted by someone else's mattress. You were distracted by someone else's shadow. You came under the wrong thing. And to come under that wrong thing, you had to let go of the right thing. And you didn't do it on purpose. And it's all good. And... and I still love you and you're amazing and it's just a learning lesson. It's a learning opportunity. But hey, you aren't designed to come under that cloud. And out of sympathy and out of wanting to be respectful of the person and honouring the person, you actually came and you overstepped your mark and you came under their atmosphere. And their atmosphere became your atmosphere from that point on. But what you need to do is drop that mattress and pick up the right mattress. Because right now you've become a resting place for doubt and unbelief because you picked that up right there. But you're meant to be a resting place for my presence. And I thought, okay, Jesus, teach me how to be a resting place for your presence. Teach me how to forever stay underneath the cloud. Teach me forever, how to forever in every moment never let go of the mattress. Teach me how to consistently in every moment of life be a resting place for your presence. And just recently he showed me something and I've, he's kind of been answering that question for me over the last years. But he showed me something out of John 14. John 14, John 13, John 15, John 16, and John 17, and the beginning of John 18, are to me, maybe the most powerful pieces of Scripture that, for me. It's one conversation. It makes up, I think, one-fifth of the book of John. It is an amazing conversation in the context of the washing of the feet of the disciples. And it's just before Jesus goes to the cross. It's an incredible, incredible, incredible conversation. But he showed me something, and it's out of uh, uh, John 14, 21. And so you can turn there if you like, but here's what it says. He who has my commandment. Now it says, in this version it says commandments. And it has an S on the end and it's treating it like plural. But actually, if you look into the language, it's singular. It's not plural. I mean, it could, it could be either. But in the context of this 
conversation, it's obviously not plural and it's been mistranslated. So let me just read it the way it should be read so that it makes more sense because otherwise it just seems like a random comment and it's not in context. Verse 21, He who has my commandment and keeps it. Keep means to nurture, look after, um, um, steward well, care for. He who keeps it. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, I read that and thought, hang on, hey. I thought you already, I thought you already, I thought before I keep your commandment, I thought you already loved me. So what, what's this deal with like now there's like a, a hoop that I've got to jump through so that you love me? What's up with that? And he said, oh, well, you, need to look, you need to look into that a bit further because again, guys, slight, small, kind of a bit of a mistranslation. It's a little bit misleading. But if you look back again, and you've always got to do this, you've got to look back into the original language and you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the people that heard this and you've got to really dig into it and you've got to understand that what it's actually saying is this. <clears throat> and he who loves me, now how do we love him? By keeping his commandment. We're going to talk about that commandment in a second because it's one commandment. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. That When it says will be loved by my Father, this is literally what it actually is meant to say. He who loves me will come under, will stand underneath the love of my Father. It, it's not will be loved by my Father. It literally, it, it's, it's this. He, whoever loves me stands underneath the love of my Father. And it implies that whoever does not love me does not stand underneath the love of my Father. So you're loved whether you do this or not, but it doesn't mean you're underneath that love. Only when you do this do you stand underneath the love. What does it mean to be underneath the love? It means to be carrying the mattress. It means to be under the shadow. Whatever overshadows you comes out through your shadow, is what Bill says. The authority that you stand underneath is the life that flows through your life. You get to choose what you stand under. I, I went from, um, from walking, in, walking in love and I went to all of a sudden leaving love and coming under a, a covering of fear and everything stopped happening. Those who love me, those who keep my commandments is them who love me and those who love me will be standing underneath the love of my Father and we will manifest ourselves or I will manifest myself to Him. I will, in other words, I will show up through that person's life. I will pour, I will be like, they will be people like Peter and everywhere their shadow goes, I will manifest myself through their shadow. And here's the challenge for this morning. You get to choose what you stand underneath. You get to choose what is the banner over your life. What is the authority that you stand underneath? And you don't get to choose it just once. You get to choose it every day when you wake up in the morning and every, every lunchtime and every dinner time and every time you have a change of scene in your day, you get to choose what banner am I under in this room? What banner am I under in this conversation? What banner am I under in this driving down the road behind this slow driver? What banner am I under 
uh, with this hospital visit? What banner am I under when I'm feeling the pressure to be under this banner or under this banner of unbelief or under this banner of frustration or under this banner of I don't believe in myself or under this banner of I'm not enough or under this banner of da-da-da and all the different things that vie for our attention. And we get to say, no, I'm not giving my attention to anything other than this. I'm standing underneath a banner. And what is the banner you stand underneath? And here's how you stand underneath the love of the Father and walk in a way where Jesus is manifest through your life. You keep His commandment. What is the commandment? Well, if you look in chapter 13, it's super clear. He minces no words. He absolutely leaves no room for misinterpretation. It's this. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know you're my disciples. Love one another as I have loved you. How is Jesus, in what context? In the context of washing feet. In the context of, He has just realized all of His authority. That's what it says right there in chapter 13. Jesus, having realized or having come to a place of understanding, He had been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He then takes that highest, highest place and he, and he takes that high authority and that high power and He brings it right underneath and He uses that to wash the feet of those who follow Him. Love one another as I've loved you. And that's in the context of I'm washing your feet now, but I'm about to wash your feet in a whole different way in a second because Judas, who has been now filled with Satan, has left and he's about to betray me but I'm, I'm not just going to wash your feet. I'm going to give you my life. And in that context, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, there are many other things that get talked about. There are many other things that are emphasized. There are many other aspects to the Christian life. But, but there is no aspect to the Christian life that is not built on the foundation of love one another. It is the one commandment. If you forget everything else, you might be thinking, man, this thing's confusing. There's so many things to think about. There's so many things to pay attention to. Wow, man, like it's like quite complex, this Christian life. It's totally not. It's totally not. Just remember, you might not have memorized, you know, a hundred scriptures in the Bible. You may not have gone to Bible school. You may not, you may be thinking, I don't know how to pray for the sick. I, you know, I don't know how to do this, man. How do you do this? How do you do that? What about this? You might have all these questions. Cool. All you need to remember is one thing. Love one another. Whoever keeps that commandment comes underneath the love of the Father and God will manifest Himself through that person's life. So what does that look like? Going down the prayer line, praying. I'm feeling, I just love this person. And because I love this person, the power of God's moving. I love this person, power of God's moving. I love this person, power of God's moving. I love this person, power of God's moving. I love this person. Stop, hang on. I just need to tell you, I'm not going to be healed. You know, blah, blah, blah. I still love this person, but, I'm, but it's not that I don't love this person. It's that my, my awareness of my love for this person is now over there. And something other than love for this person has taken highest priority over my life, which is his own unbelief. When you are tempted to let go of an awareness of God's presence, which looks like a love for one another. You can look in 1 John chapter 1. You can read through that. It's evident and obvious that the space that God dwells in on earth is our love for one another. Whenever you let go of that, you drop your mattress. And so here's, here's the encouragement. The key's turning. 
And if you don't remember anything else that was said over this weekend, remember this one thing. Love one another. And anytime you feel that dwindling or you feel yourself being distracted away from that, remember this one thing. It's the one thing. Just love one another because God lives in that love. That's what it looks like to carry the mattress. If you want to carry the mattress, how do you carry the mattress? I want to leave you with something super practical. Love one another. How do you love one another? Well, that's for you to find out. But make it your life mission to learn how to make your love tangible to the people around you. How to make your love obvious to the people around you. Don't let it just stay on the inside, unseen, unknown, unexperienced. But take that love that you have on the inside for the people around you and actually apply it to those people so that they know that they're being loved by you. And as you do that, you will see Jesus jumping into your love as it's expressed to other people. You'll see Jesus weaving His supernatural power into the love that you're giving to the people around you. Because love is not really love unless it's given. And your life is love. But your life is not really being lived unless it's being given. Pretty good, eh? We get the honor of giving our lives to each other. So let me pray for you. Just close your eyes with me. I'm going to do this real quick because we've run out of time. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're right here. And here's what I'm asking, Holy Spirit. I'm asking that you, right now, come over every single person in this room in a way where they become aware of your presence. I'm asking for those who have love that's faded, for love to be restored. I'm asking, Lord, for those who have lost an awareness of your nearness, God, for that awareness to be restored. I declare your presence over this room in the name of Jesus. Your presence over this room in the name of Jesus. And you might be here. I just want to do this one thing, and then I'm going to invite people forward for prayer. And I I feel like um, God wants to invite you forward to, um, to take your corner of the mattress. And there are some people this morning that just, I feel like it's important for you just to make that decision to say, yep, I'm, I'm picking up my corner of the mattress in this community. And I'm going to help in this, I'm going to contribute in this community to carry and to become a resting place for God.